sit here, Vanna White. I mean, Sarah Grout. <laughs> hey, so we're starting a new sermon series. We've done this in the past. We've done these uh, pretty much every year. I guess, we, I guess we've skipped every other year, maybe. Uh, and we're going to be talking about relationships. And before you start flipping out and thinking, if you're not married, oh, great, this is just what I need, right? Like, we're going to talk about marriage. This is not just about marriage, right? Um, everything that we're going to talk about should be able to be applied to your life because it comes straight from Scripture. So we're going to talk about marriage. We're going to talk about uh, uh, all kinds of things. But today we're going to really focus on what it means to build a solid foundation in your relationships, period. So all the way across the board, if you are a person who's alive today, which I would assume is everybody, you're here, so since that's... you're here, right, then you need to apply these things to your life, right? That, that as, a, as a person who's going to relate with and connect and, and be around people, relationships are huge, right? Every one of us is involved in relationships in some way, shape, or form, and how we begin to move forward and how we, how we really strengthen, encourage, and build stronger relationships with those who are around us is going to be based upon how you um, really follow God's Word. And so uh, I want you to think about this as I kind of kick off. Did you know that the number one health crisis, in, or do you know what the number one health crisis in America is? No. I know, right? Like, I, I found this out. The number one health crisis in America is loneliness. It's crazy. And, and I, I honestly believe that as a result of, of COVID and things like that, that loneliness expanded, right? Like, we isolated, we separated out, we tried to do things to guard and protect. But as a result, loneliness has crept to the top. Like, when we look at depression, anxiety, worry, and things like that, we start to realize that it's usually as a basis of loneliness in our life. We begin to think that we're, we're, we're not living up to the expectations of people around us, so we go into a, a shell. We begin to think that maybe they don't like me, so I just withdraw from what's going on. Being in a healthy relationship, listen, increases our mental and emotional health. Did you know that? That being in healthy relationships increases your mental and emotional health. It's huge. So if the number one crisis in America for a health standpoint is actually loneliness, then what I want us to see is this, that our relationships with friends and coworkers and neighbors, as well as with our kids, our family members, and our spouse all are reflective. Listen, all of are reflective or all need to have a relationship that's going to be strong and built upon God's word. If you want to have strong, thriving relationships, then you've got to build them upon God's word. God wants us to be successful in our relationships. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter seven. And I know some of you are going to be like, well, this has nothing to do in reality with relationships. True, but yes, no, it does right? Listen to what he says. Matthew chapter 7, starting verse 24. If you don't have a Bible, you can follow along on the screen. It says this, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Now listen to this, verse 26. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not what? Does not do them or does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rains came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell with a great crash. The reason why we are digging into this text today is this, that if you want to have a strong relationship that's going to stand or withstand the storms of time, in life, whether it's with your kids, family members, 
coworkers, or your spouse, then you have to build your relationships upon a solid foundation. A bad foundation is always going to lead to problems. If you've ever had a house with a bad foundation, you would know what happens. I remember going and looking at a house here that had a bad foundation, and I just happened to have a golf ball that I found in the house, and I was like, check this out, and I put it in the middle of the house, and that golf ball went, and it raced across, and it hit the wall, and I was like, not a chance. We're leaving, and our realtor was like, oh, all right. (laughs) I'm like, not even going to deal with this thing. It's a mess from the foundation up, and when the foundation is wrong, then everything else is wrong. I want to give you a quick thing. I'm going to invite Sarah in on this, so she's not just up here looking good. She's going to actually help uh, me out today, right? <laughs> Sorry. That was... <laughs> Anyways, did you know this? Listen, I'm not sorry. Why am I see? Now you guys got me all flustered. Yeah, they're the ones that have you flustered. <laughs> Syracuse University came out with this report. It's, a, it's an article that you can go online and find, and there's a lady named Jamie Weisberg in this article on why relationships matters. And she says this, emotionally having the support of others feeling connected and having a sense of belonging all elevate feelings of positivity and self-worth, thereby contributing to increased happiness. But according to Weisberg, there's also some neurobiology at play. When we're in connection or in a relationship with other people, we release, listen to this, I'm going to throw out some serious uh, words here, neuropeptides called oxytocin, which actually stimulate the calm and connect response. This is the antithesis of their fight or flight. She says that there's a neurochemical process that unfolds when we're in a relationship with others that's very calming. It builds trust, it soothes our nervous system, and it helps buffer the stress response. And then here's the statement she makes. This is thought to be an evolutionary response. At which point I went, golly, she just missed everything. She had such great stuff right there and then went, it's got to be the evolutionary response. When the reality is, listen to me, from a scriptural standpoint, God created us to be in relationships. And healthy relationships, as a result of being built upon God's word and a strong foundation, healthy relationships lead to healthy emotional, mental, and physical lives. Did you realize that? Like every relationship that I'm in, is going to either benefit me to become better and stronger emotionally, mentally, or physically, or it's going to break me down, right? That's why abuse is so big, because when abuse plays in, right, I begin to get emotionally wore down. I begin to get wrecked. I begin to have self-doubt. I may lead to me to depression and discouragement or anxiety and worry. Strong relationships need to be built on a strong foundation. And this is even true for introverts, I think sometimes the whole introvert, extrovert thing, it's like, oh, well, I'm an introvert. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to stay home. I'm not going to connect with people and that kind of stuff. That is not true at all because God wired us all to be in relationship with each other. Yeah. Yeah. And, and listen, so for every introvert, right, who has like one or two really close friends, you have extroverts who have a lot of acquaintances and probably no close friends. Like, sometimes that's the biggest thing. Like, we talk about that, right? I'm like hyper extrovert, right? To where I annoy Shocking, people, right? right? Right, yeah. Like, I annoy people. People are like, whoa, dude, no, can't do that, right? But at the same time, what I find is like my relationships oftentimes aren't very deep because I'm the guy who's like looking for everybody to talk to, 
right? And an introvert may be the person who goes, I'm going to find, like, like when we go to, to meetings or things like that, and she meets some other pastor's and wife. he abandons I'll... me to go talk to everybody. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, like she'll in find one position lady. in the corner. She'll find one lady, and she'll know the deep down details of what's going on in their life, and they're able to grow in a stronger relationship and really get deeper than I would have ever gone with another guy. Because I'd be like, yeah, no, I really don't care at that point. <laughs> so, and it's not that I don't care. It's just the fact that I think that there are things that God wired us differently, right? And so here's the big idea. If you remember anything today, I want you to remember this. Every relationship is worthy of a solid foundation. Get that? Every relationship is worthy of a solid foundation. In other words, even your acquaintances your coworkers, when you have a strong foundation in your walk with Jesus, when you have built your life upon the rock of salvation, upon the cornerstone of our faith, then listen, your relationships will be drastically different, right? We begin to look and, at things. So over the next couple of weeks, we're going we're gonna to address all of this from that standpoint. Like, how do I grow my relationships? How do I make my relationships stronger? How do I stand the tests of time, the storms of life, in every relationship avenue that we have. So the question is, how do we build strong, a strong relational foundation? That's the million-dollar question of the day. And the first thing that I would say is that you have to invest in your spiritual walk. That's something that nobody else can choose to do for you. You have to make that decision yourself. And God wants to be in a relationship with you. He's not just some dude, like, way far off that I'll try not to, like, smack him in the face. <laughs> um, but he's, he's not some faraway being that might hear you or whatever. He wants to be intimately involved in your life. And the only way that you can do that is for you to invite him into that relationship. Um, he wants to be in a relationship with you. Uh, a strong personal devotional life and a strong spiritual walk are vital. And I think of the word vital in like medical terms, and I am definitely not a biology person, but I know what vital signs are. You know, you are breathing, your heart is beating, you know, all of the main things to like make you a living uh, person. And that is exactly what our spiritual walk is it is vital we have to have that in order to function the way that we were intended to function and having a strong devotional life that is difficult but like everything that is good and important it's worth the time and the energy and the effort uh, even if, and this again, we're going back to kind of the shameless plug of the Bible reading plan it takes just a few minutes. And for those of you who are already plugged in and digging into God's word, that's awesome. But for those of you who are starting out and you need something daily, that is such a great way to start. And so scan the QR code on the, the thing out in the, in the cafe. Get started. We're doing this every month, so don't feel like you're going to start out way behind. We just started this next plan, so jump in and do it. Shameless plug, because it is absolutely vital to having good interpersonal relationships. It's worth the time. It's worth the energy. Yeah, yeah. Look, look at verse 24. Look, listen to what he says again. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, right? 
One of the things that we oftentimes forget about, like in Deuteronomy, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And so he's laying this out there. Everyone who hears these words of mine, in other words, are you taking in that daily dose? As a matter of fact, she said this earlier, but I want you to think about it this way. A strong spiritual life equals a strong mental and emotional life. Can, can I tell you something? The one thing that I've seen over the last couple years, and it seems to be more and more evident, and it is running rampant in our society. We are an emotional wreck. And I, like, I don't know how else to say, like, whether it's through the news, whether it's social media, whether it's just the fact, like, like I play Xbox games, okay? Uh, it, just one game, actually. But I've, I've made friends on this, playing this, and, and I found out, like, there's guys, obviously, who have different political persuasions, but I've, I've met guys who have literally said, I'm not playing with that dude because he voted for somebody. And I'm like, we're playing a game. Like, seriously? Like, how stupid is this? Like, this game has nothing to do even with politics. And you guys are isolating because of an emotional, and I'm going to say it right here, because of an emotional immaturity. And this is what's going on in our current culture. If I disagree with somebody, I just ax them out. No, that's relational stupidity. I have to be emotionally mature and build a strong foundation that just because somebody thinks differently than me doesn't mean I have to ax them out and not be a friend. Now, I think there's some, real quick, I think there's some guards you have to put in place. Don't allow somebody to suck the life out of you. In other words, if you're around a Debbie Downer or a person who just is constantly negative and berating you and belittling you and putting you down or making you feel negative, then I think you got to step back and go, hey, I got to spend a little less time. I'm not saying cut them out, but I got to spend less time with you because I need somebody who's going to breathe life into me, who's going to give me some encouraging feedback, some spiritual food and nourishment in my relationship. And you know, that's exactly what the enemy wants. He wants to divide. He wants to drive wedges, huge wedges, in between people because he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And that means relationships. That means anything that he can do to destroy the connection that we have with each other, he absolutely is going to do. He is not going to be throwing some big kegger there in hell. He wants to destroy you, and he will stop at nothing to do so. Yeah, and keep, and keep that in mind in every relationship. Right? If you have a lost person who's your friend, and it comes to that point where you're like, okay, I'm just going to ax it out. It's, it's over, right? I always say this, never burn a bridge. Always leave a path open. It doesn't mean you have to always be there at every moment, at every beck and call and everything that goes on, but you've got to leave an open access relationship so that, listen, you can influence that person in a positive, godly, biblical way. So that's number one. We said every, every relationship is worthy of a strong foundation, right? So how do I build a strong foundation? Number one was invest in your spiritual walk. Here's number two. I have to activate my faith. Listen, for some of us, relationships are like, okay, here's my relationship over here with all these people, and here's my relationship with God, when the reality is they go hand in hand. Remember, emotional and, or emotional and mental health is a result of a strong, spiritual, healthy life. And so when he talks about this, listen to what he says. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. How often and in how many of your relationships do you actually live out God's word? 
Because here's the struggle. We know it, but sometimes we don't do it, right? Like even when it comes to to divorce, even when it comes to conflict in relationships with other people, I want you to think about this. If I handle conflict from the biblical perspective, then I always leave the door open for, listen, reconciliation and restoration. If I handle it from the worldly perspective, here's what it says. Cut the person out of your life, never relate with them again, tell them bye-bye, sayonara, we're out. Now listen, I think there are a few occasions where that's okay. Physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, and a person's not going to fess up to it, and there are some things that go on. I think there's times where you just got to say, you're out, bro. I'm not maintaining any sort of contact, any sort of connection, any sort of relationship, because you have destroyed the trust there. And so listen, activating your faith, you have no foundation if you don't put it into practice. James says this, don't be mere hearers of the word, right? And so deceive yourselves, but be a doer. So in every relationship I'm in, I have to put it into practice. I mean, that's how we play it out. Putting God's word into practice is an exercise of faith. Like, we're, we're in the new year, right? We talked about it. I, I made mention of it the first part of January, right? This idea of exercising, right? Whether it's lifting weights or running and things like that. But you're never going to be strong if you don't put into action or do the things you need to do to get stronger. Yeah, joining the gym isn't enough. You have to actually go. (laughs) And, 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 And I say that, like, when you keep that in mind, it's more than just coming to church, right? Coming to church, I think, is vital. It's important, right? But you need to invest in your own daily walk, right, number one. And number two, you need to activate your faith. James says it this way, right? Faith without works is dead. So you can claim to have faith, but if you don't put the faith into action, then your faith in reality is dead. And nobody wants to be around a dead person, right? Nobody wants to hang out with somebody who's not breathing life into them. And so every relationship that I have is an opportunity to breathe life. Like I've thought about it on Friday even, about how sometimes I can complain. Like I'm a perfectionist. Sometimes. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm a perfectionist. So I'm like, like, and, and I used to think I was detail-oriented, and I realized I'm not. I'm, I'm just a perfectionist, right? Like, I want it done my way, the right way, the first time, you know, and, and sometimes that leads to problems. And so I, if it's not done the right way, I complain about something. And I was realizing, you know, especially I would say sometimes with my son, like, I realize he's not going to do things my way, probably just because it's dad. Why would I do it your way, dad? That, that doesn't make sense you know? And so those lead to issues, but I've got to activate my faith. My son, my daughters, my wife, my coworkers, my, my, my relationships here at the church, if I don't live out my faith, if I don't activate my faith, then really what we're doing is joining a gym, but not working out. So that's number two, activate your faith. Every relationship is worthy of a solid foundation. And number three, <clears throat> build on solid ground. And this is where you get to the nitty-gritty because it has to start with your relationship with Jesus. you got to get that nailed down first because Jesus' death on the cross is the, the starting point. It's the starting point because that is the turning point in, in history, the history of mankind. It is the one thing that has split everything uh, when the veil was torn, when Jesus said it's finished, it was like nothing else 
Nothing else that's ever happened in history. Without Jesus' death and resurrection, we would be trapped. We would be in this vicious cycle of sin and shame and uh, hurt and abandonment. But you know what? Jesus came and he destroyed all of that. When he said it is finished and they put his body in the grave and they came back three days later to anoint his body with those spices and he wasn't there, that was the ultimate victory. Mm. That says, you know what? Even the final things like death and taxes, right? Those are the two things that are final. They are going to (laughs) happen, right? Even those things... Jesus triumphed over. He's saying, you know what? There is nothing too small that I cannot overcome. And that's when we have to go back and we have to say, okay, if I'm going to build my life and I'm going to build my relationships on a solid foundation, that first thing that we have to nail down is our relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Look uh, Again, look at Scripture, right? It says right there, Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a what? Wise man, right? And it says it's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rains came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Listen, when you think about that, I want you to think about this. Every relationship matters, right? Every connection that you have matters with what God wants to do in you and through you. And when I think about it that way, if I have my foundation strong and I've built upon that strong foundation of Jesus as the cornerstone, that his salvation was for me, his death on the cross and his resurrection purchased my sins, I get out of that vicious cycle of sin and shame and guilt and regret. And listen, I can own my struggles. I can own my flaws, that when I'm in a relationship and I've sinned against somebody, I can hopefully go to them if you're mature enough and say, listen, I screwed up. I need to own this. Like, as I own this, I want to help you out. I want to I I restore our relationship so that we can work in the right way, in the right fashion. Does that make sense? And that's even where coming back to working on your own personal relationship with Jesus is so important because he is the author of life. Mm. Who better to help us with our relationships than the one who created life itself? He knows all of our inner workings, all of our inner being. And in Psalm 139, it talks about how he knitted us together. The, this was something that we talked about in our kids' devotional on, on Friday morning. Knitting together is an active work. It's not just a bunch of goo coming into some sort of amazing whatever. Being knitted together is, is a work of action. And so you don't go and grab a few balls of yarn, throw them in the dryer, and it comes out a beautiful sweater. That's not how it works. You know, and that is how Jesus deals with our lives. And so if we're, if we're wanting to succeed at our relationships, we have to deal with the, the author of life himself. He wants us to succeed in our relationships with each other. And one of the ways that we do that best is uh, by building on solid ground and making sure that we are uh, squared away with the author of life himself. Yeah. And then the last thing as we look at this, if every relationship is worthy of a solid foundation, 
and we ask this question, how do we build strong, a strong relational foundation? I think you have to understand this, that we have to prepare for storms of life. You have to be prepared for the storms of life. It's not a matter of if, but a matter of what? When, right? Matter of fact, I want you to think about it this way. Like, storms will come, but the good news is that storms don't last forever, Right? Every one of us needs to be prepared for the storms of life. And that's what Jesus is getting to when he's teaching this, right? He says, again, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who's built himself on a strong foundation, on the solid rock. And when the storms come, listen, when the storms are come, because it's built on a strong, solid foundation, when the storms come, that building will stand the test of time. But listen to what he says in, verses, in the verses following, right? But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. And we know that when you build on sand, sand shifts, sand sinks, sand moves, and as a result, the foundation is not firm. And when a storm comes, sand erodes. And when the sand erodes and the building falls, then we're in trouble. And so one of the things that we're going to sit consistently here is this, right? That when I prepare for the storms of life, I realize this, that storms may come and storms may go, but storms will not last forever, number one. And number two is this, that Jesus is always with me in the storm. Like there's a point in time where Jesus is on the boat with the disciples and the disciples are like, don't you care about us? And Jesus is like, it's just a storm. And he goes out and he speaks to the waves and the wind and it stops it all and everybody's like, Whoa. Right? I want you to think about the power of that. When I am strong, when I have a strong devotional life and the storms of life come, you're still going to need friends around you who are going to build you up and encourage you. You're going to need the, the, the strength of God's word, though, as the foundation. You need Jesus as that solid foundation because, listen, the storms will come. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And they're going to come in your marriages. They're going to come upon your, your relationship with your kids. They're going to come, listen, even in relationships within the church. You want to know why? Because we're all people. And people revolve around relationships. But when my relationship with God is priority number one, and I've built on that foundation, then, listen, I can weather every storm, and I can make it through every difficulty, and I'm not trapped in a vicious cycle of sin and shame and regret. Because listen, the gospel of Jesus Christ redeems me from those things. But you have to take ownership. Remember what it said, that you have to put these words into practice. See, when we build on a faulty or flawed foundation, it's going to crash down around us. But when we build on the strong foundation, one of rock, one that's sturdy, one that's not going to be moved, then, listen, when that storm comes, I can withstand the test of time. I can withstand the storms because I've built in a proper fashion. I, th I think about, I'm definitely very much of a visual person, so I think about like the hurricane force winds. I don't know if you ever watch the news whenever uh, the hurricanes blow through um, in areas, and you see these trees that are just going crazy. It's like, you know, and yet whenever the storm is over, they're still standing there. It's like, oh my gosh, there was like 140 mile an hour winds. How in the world did that happen? And then there are other places that get storms 
and they just uproot trees. It's like they pick them up like it's pixie sticks. Isn't that the game, pixie sticks, where you just throw them out there and it's just, you know? And so they're just laying there like a bunch of sticks. And what is the difference? The difference is the root system and the foundation that that has. And you cannot have a strong foundation if you don't put in the work. And it comes in day in and day out. And it's hard. I mean, it's something that to build that good, solid root system that you have to do those things every day to be able to have the faith to withstand that. Because the more often you go through those storms and you're faithful to Jesus in those storms, the more you get out on the other side and you're saying, man, he's faithful again. He's faithful again. Man, he's faithful again, again and again and again and again. And it doesn't mean that we always get what we want but it means that we see his hand through all of those difficult times, and we see that he was with us. He never left us. He never forsake, forsook, forsook us. Forsake. Words are hard. See, but now you ne- know what I'm talking about when I make up words. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Pastor speak. <laughs> uh-huh. But he didn't leave us. And he, he was with us, and he is faithful, and he is true. And the more times we go through those, those storms that we are going to go through, we are going to face them, the more we see his faithfulness on the other side. And then the next time the storm comes, it's a little bit easier to say, okay, you know what? God's got this. I can trust him because he has always come through for us. Yeah. So here's what we wanted to do today. We haven't done the Lord's Supper. We try and do that fairly regularly. And uh, we really wanted to focus on this. You know, the Lord's Supper is really about remembering the death, burial, and resurrection, right? The sacrificial death of Jesus, the, 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 the sacrifice of him on the cross for our sins, for the weight of, and the burden and the sins that we bear, right? And it's also to remember his shed blood. And his blood is what covers us. It's what redeems us. It's what washes us white as snow. And so if you're a believer and you've put your faith and trust in Christ and you've followed him, then we want to invite you to take part in the Lord's Supper. But I want you to think about it this way too. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 28, it says, a man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. And there's a reason why. Because any sin that goes on in our life that's unconfessed, any lack of repentance on our part, then what the Bible says is that we drink condemnation upon ourselves. And so as we enter the Lord's Supper, we we leave it open. If you're a believer, if you place your faith and trust in Jesus and you followed him, we invite you to take part in this. But we want to also make sure that this, the Bible also says that if I have any unconfessed sins with a brother, any problems, any struggles, any difficulties, I've got some angst or some anxiety, some worry or a broken relationship, that we're supposed to square that away before we ever partake of the Lord's Supper. And so as we enter into this time, I want us to take this very seriously, right? If you're a person who is a believer, we want to invite you to be a part of this, but I also want you to know this, that you've got to take this very seriously. Do you know of sins in your life, maybe sins that God is going to bring to mind here in just a moment as we pray, that you need to confess to him? Do you have another brother that you need to go to and make things correct before you take the Lord's Supper. Listen, relationships are everything. 
You're going to have positive ones, and you're going to have negative ones. You're going to have people who build you up and encourage you and speak life into you, and you're going to have people who, honestly, I call them leeches, who suck the life out of you. And you've just got to learn how to relate to each one of those without burning bridges so that you can be the light and the gospel to those you're around on a daily basis. That's what we need. We don't need more emotional wrecks and mental breakdowns. We need, no, we need more foundation on Jesus. So let's pray just with every head bowed and every eye closed as we go in the Lord's Supper. And I just want you to pray right now, God, was there any unconfessed sin in my life that I need to turn over to you? Spirit, we pray that you would reveal that in our hearts right now. God, we want to walk in obedience to your word. We want to hear your words and put them into action in our lives because that is really the reality to have successful relationships. First, a relationship with you. That we hear your word and we respond to the word. We respond to your truth. We respond to the truth that you have revealed through your son, Jesus Christ. We respond and understand that his death on the cross was for our sins, for the burdens that we carried, for the sins that we have, even that we don't have confessed. And we thank you for the sacrificial death of Jesus. His death paid the price that we couldn't pay on our own. And it is a simple gift that you give us, that you give us life and life more abundantly. That if we confess with our mouth Jesus is the Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'd be saved. So maybe there's somebody here today who's never made that commitment for the first time, never allowed Jesus to be on the throne in their life, never built their life upon the foundation of you. God, may that be their desire today. If you are a person who's dealing with unconfessed sins, what is it that the Lord has revealed to you just in this brief moment? And right where you're at, you can confess them. The Bible is very clear that if you confess your sins, it says that Jesus, he is able and faithful to forgive us of any and all unrighteousness. God is with great expectation that we think that we know that you want to do great things in our relationships. God, I think of the song that you turn graves into gardens, where right now we may look at a relationship and say, it is dead, it's over, it's non-existent, but you want to turn it and bring it into life. It may be relationships with coworkers, it may be a spouse in a marriage situation, it may be a, a broken relationship with family members, whatever that looks like, God. May we lead the way. May we lead the way in obedience to what you've called us to do. May we confess our sins. May we go and ask for forgiveness. May we look for restoration and opportunities for reconciliation because you are the one who breathes life. You made a highway through the seas. You turned graves into gardens. And God, you breathe life into our relationships. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.